Welcome to the Side Talks podcast. This is the all-professional, all-serious episode of Side Talks. I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm the creative director for the Sidewalk Film Center and Cinema. And my name is Corey Kraft. I'm a programmer with the Sidewalk Film Center and Cinema. What is up, ding-dongs? Do you think this is what people want? No. They want this serious, no-nonsense approach. If we still have any listeners, they are definitely okay with the wacky shit because at this point they're they're well aware of what it is that we do on this Whatever. podcast let's talk about cinema please be stay serious and let's talk about cinema show me that smile show and tell me that smile always another minute on your crying show and tell it's the episode or segment, I should say, of the podcast in which we look at things in here, and you can't see them because it's a podcast. Um, and you know, we're on. We've been talking about serious cinema today. That's it's right. Our serious edition. It's our all professional. Uh, and so, with that in mind, let me just slide this over to you, Corey. You have brought a glorious old VHS tape that is older than I am, it's almost dusty. certainly, for a movie I have never heard of. A Golan Globus movie called Hot Resort. This appears to be a canon sex comedy with Bronson Pinchot. Yeah. Wow. I mean, look at that case. Is that not something else? It, just because I we, we recognize you can't see. This is one of those extra large cases for anybody who's over the age of 40. You probably remember this from yeah. the video store. And it's one of those big cases where the videotape just sits right in there and it has a, a cover that lifts up. It's big and chunky. They hadn't really figured things out yet. So w- would you mind, Corey, uh-huh. uh, speaking of hot resort and the fine cinema that it is um you know i'll describe the cover really quickly which is a young woman laying on her stomach on a diving board while three horny young men are swimming around her looking at her in a pool yeah and it's worth pointing out she's in a bikini but the the back of her top is unfastened to not get tan lines because that's the whole it's not here. just called resort. It's called hot resort. Okay. Would you mind reading the back to us so that we can know a little something about this film? Oh, I sure would. What happens when a pack of hot-blooded young Americans descend on a tropical island for a little business and a lot of pleasure? Laughter, love, and sexual fireworks are only the beginning God. as things really start to heat up. Filmed on location at an exclusive beach hotel. Oh, so it's like the real Cancun, <laughs> which we talked about or in a previous every episode. Or single reality show in the last yeah. 10 years. Hot Resort brings together one of the most attractive casts mm, uh, of newcomers uh, under the Caribbean sun. Bronson, right? Oh. You may recall the inspired zaniness of Bronson Pinchot in Beverly Hills Cop. Penthouse pet of 1984, <laughs> Luscious Linda Kenton. And Luscious, by the way, is not part of her, her given or stage name. Oh, it's just an adjective applied to her, which is disturbing. You could just list her name. Anyway, but she's Luscious. Uh, luscious Lint- Linda Kenton adds her 
adds her ample charms, oh my God, to the merrymaking. And screen veteran Frank Gorshin, seen as the Riddler in the classic Batman series, <laughs> explores new comic territory as a wayward husband on holiday. holiday. So he's the, the horny old man in this yep, movie. Yeah, there you go. Uh, temperatures start to rise as our amorous heroes hired on summer help, hired on as summer help, begin moonlighting with the paying guests. Uh-oh. That's extra legal. But hey, no judgment. Make that money. Um, the resort manager tries to throw cold water on this touchy problem, but the sight of all the bikinied bodies sizzling on the virgin sands, good lord, creates an even steamier situation, like a tempting Caribbean stew. Wow. Hot resort is filled with sweet, tender morsels and plenty of <laughs> spice to wet your appetite and tickle your funny bone. Holy shit. I bet that's not the only fucking bone that's being tickled if you Listen. know what I'm talking about. You Listen. guys know what I'm saying? You guys know what I'm saying on Could that? Can you hit that dick jar, please? You guys know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because it's that kind of movie, oh folks. It's, it, it's not even me being crass. They, they brought the crassness. I have to say that whoever wrote that synopsis used every disgusting word in the dictionary. Like, morsel. Oh, I mean, every, <laughs> like, there's so, like, tickle, like, all of it. Like, every word that was used toward the end there is just sick. By the way, the cover of this thing. I haven't seen this film. I do want to watch it. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested. <laughs> what is this on loan from the library? You know, Where did you get this? No, it, it came from my shop. I haven't watched it yet. This is this is from the this is from the Rachel Morgan collection. But I would be willing to guess. Okay, looking at that cover, that we've got one hot guy, right? This and is even the, this that is, is kind of debatable. Well, I just think he's he's he's. I'm putting it in quotes. We've got one in the friend group here. Sure. There's the hot guy, the nerd. There's the nerd, and then there's the the sort of smart, book the Bronson, smart, the Bronson Pinchot, yeah, the bar, the book smart guy. Twenty bucks if that's what's going on. I guess. I mean, yeah, that seems like the the set of archetypes yeah. that you would traditionally find in you know such a hero's quest sure. as Hot Resort. And no need to mention the hot girl because there she is. Anyway, um, they've got chefs' hats on on the back, so that's going to be funny. Looks like they're they're eating pizza. Oh yeah, of course um, they are. And then this this husky young man seems to be reluctantly um having a thing of champagne with some sort of older woman and i guess he's just repulsed because she's over the age of 30 or yeah, whatever she's 32 so she gross yeah um i wonder what year is this can you 85 85 90. So, so we so we're going to recommend this <laughs> Um, (laughs) wholeheartedly wholeheartedly recommending hot resort to you and now a look at what we're watching this week so um my question what have you been watching well i've been watching a lot of stuff um so much stuff in fact that like i slipped into a previous segment that i had recently watched silkwood that was probably a month ago but i just forgot to mention it and you liked it i thought it was great really good it's one of your favorite movies you know famously or at Mm -hmm. least a movie that you watched a lot of times it was my very favorite film when i was i think in sixth grade well which is a interesting sixth grader favorite film but you know what can you do one of the things i like most about it is that it's it is kind of a sort of paranoid thriller in some ways you know about corporate 
malfeasance and sort of this this capitalist machine chewing up um and exploiting its its workers but it's also about how like the characters ultimately are just kind of annoyed that they have to put up with any of that shit because they just want to hang out and like smoke grass and just be hot you know at home yeah and you know it's uh, it's kind of fun that like karen silkwood is played by meryl streep is such a reluctant but ultimately you know capable and then later tragic you know figure who isn't really interested in in taking any sort of leadership position um just wants to party but like you know i guess there's a point where you got to put down you know your party in ways and you know pick up a cause well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think part of what goes on with this film and part of what, uh, you know, to me was so appealing, even though you know, I was very young, um, was just how rooted in reality it feels. It does feel like you're, it, it feels like this is a film that was taken directly from what Karen Silkwood's life might have really been yeah. like. And I appreciated that. And that's one of the first times I think I saw something that felt that because you it's long right so you spend a good bit of time with these characters right and it's not just procedural you really kind of get to know them and you recognize this kind of well you you know no matter what you hear in the headlines or what stories you've heard about people that it really reminds you that they had lives and to your point that these weren't their choices to be caught up in this mess the the nuclear intrigue really only kicks in i mean it's present but it only comes to the forefront near the end of the film yeah everything i mean it it's at most, you know, for I'd say three quarters of it, you know, just kind of incidental to the everyday lives of these characters in a lot of ways. And you also, I mean, think about this. You've got Cher, uh-huh. you've got Meryl Streep, you've got Kurt Russell, you've got Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. These, all four of them are just incredible, incredible actors. And this would have been a time before, and everybody always knew Meryl was a great actress. Like, don't get me wrong here. But I do think that all of these characters, all of these actors in this film hadn't quite been recognized as as being as good as they are at this point when this is made. And so they're really kind of doing the most here. And it's really, really impressive to see this group of actors playing off of each other. It's really, really. And and I think one of the things I'd mentioned before when I talked about this film before was there's also these kind of candid moments Uh that happen throughout that are also really, really enjoyable to watch because even the character actors feel really seasoned. Yeah. Right. Uh, Mike Nichols, man, he's he's yeah. good at casting. Good work. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. what else have you been watching? Well, uh, a lot of stuff, so I, I kind of want to pare it down a little bit to just some of my sure. favorites. Um, I watched for the first time, speaking of labor disputes, John Sayles' Matewan, yeah. which is a great movie. I yeah. loved it. Um, it's, it's about, you know, coal mining disputes in the 1920s in West Virginia. And of course the gun thugs and hired, um, hired gunmen sent to keep miners in line when they even thought about organizing, um, young Chris Cooper's in this young Mary McDonald, you got David Strathairn in there, really all the John sales players. Um, and it's a beautiful movie. So I, I really, really loved this one. Um, I got that new Inland Empire uh, oh, Blu-ray and rewatched it in its entirety. Oh, um, Inland Empire is probably nobody's favorite David Lynch movie, unless you're yes, that's probably accurate. unless you're cool. I think it's a masterpiece. It's not my favorite David Lynch movie, but I think it's uh, an incredible uh, experimental surreal odyssey that is made by. 
American cinema's most singular mind, uh, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, loved that. I think the, the remaster is really cool looking too. Um, and then I guess I'll mention this, um, because she's come up in conversation a whole lot recently. I rewatched Julia Roberts in Aaron Brockovich the yeah. other night. So you're on a you're on an activist kick here. I guess so. Um, that was kind of an unintentional thread that I just threw, drew through all this stuff. But yeah, a little bit. Um, I love Aaron Brockovich and I love Julia Roberts in Aaron Brockovich. I think it's a great movie. I think Steven Soderbergh keeps this sort of conventional crowd-pleasing narrative um, moving with kind of unexpected rhythms and gets, you know, these fantastic performances out of everybody. Albert Finney rules in it. Um, all the supporting characters are super memorable. Uh, and it's just fun watching Julia Roberts give this big brassy movie star performance. Um, and you know, just kind of chew it up. It's great. Yeah. She's great in it. Every once in a while, she actually goes to work and does her job. Well, well, what have you been watching then? Oh, yeah. Cranky pants. I know, right? Um, you know, things that aren't very good, to be honest with you. We're, there's a little Paris trip on the horizon, and yeah. so we've been digging into some French cinema. Oh. Um, and when I say French cinema, I mean like French kiss. Um, <laughs> movies about that take place in Paris. Uh, but one of them I mentioned I, a couple of weeks ago, which is that I rewatched breathless Godard's breathless Hell yeah. and it is incredibly misogynistic and incredibly offensive, really, really nasty in many ways. But yet I really love this film. I cannot help it. I'm just going to go ahead and acknowledge the misogyny, but boy, oh boy, is this a fun one to watch? And it is just so you can just see even, even knowing now how much has come since and how watered down it might make some of the things that Goddard's doing in this film. It still, it feels really, really energetic and fresh to me. Yeah. Do you agree? I do. Yeah. I just taught this uh, a month or two ago to my own film class. So it's fresh on my mind as well. And um, it's just always a pleasure to watch it. I think it's really funny too. Yeah, I know I'm, it's laughing, hilarious. I'm laughing at a lot of parts that I think probably weren't intended to be laughed at and a lot that were, but I do think it's really, really funny. Yeah. Um, his pursuit of her is just outrageous. Yeah. And so maybe part of why I'm able to stomach the misogyny is that first of all, that she does such an amazing job uh-huh. um, at it sort of pushing him off and, 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 you know, pushing him away and holding her own and being really, really watchable and um, sort of she, you feel like she's got some agency, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, I think also the misogyny, I mean, he's a repulsive character. He's yeah, not, he really is. he's not a likable character. I think the misogyny is part of that, right? Yeah. Like you're, he's an anti-hero at best. Yeah. Um, I feel like some of it's being embraced, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Mm. But I think, she, I think her presence on screen balances some of that in a way sure. that makes it, Makes me be able to stomach it a bit. Anyway, it's it, it's an incredible, incredible film, and it's just ugh, the jump cuts, all you know, the the movement of the whole thing, and the sort of jazzy nature of it all is really lovely. Um, I watched French Kiss, as I've mentioned, which is <laughs> a fucking plus great movie, terrible. Uh-oh. It is fucking terrible, y'all. First of all, you know, it, it, French people should be offended by Kevin Klein. I mean, really, they should. His French is pretty good. But they should still be offended because why not just hire a French person for this role? There were no marketable yeah, French yeah, people in, except for all of the marketable French people. All the more reason why. And they Gerard Depardieu you. was like a big movie star in America at one point or another, right? Oh, it's so intolerable. 
He's not the worst part of it. Really, she is. But I also really don't like Meg Ryan. I actually do, though. That's what's so weird is I remember liking her. Do you know what I mean? In like what, though? I don't fucking know. In Top Gun. <laughs> in Top Gun. You know, in the five minutes see, she's in Top Gun, she's adorable. And I love her. But wow. she, I, something's happened to me. Something's <laughs> happened where I just, I find her. The, it, it's the, You have to admit this. It is the... Co- like carbon copy same character in every film and part of what i'm looking at when i somehow when she was doing it this is what i'll give her somehow when she was doing this shit that she does where she's like oh my god me ah, this kind of crap uh-huh. they're like oh, i'm gonna twitch my legs this way whatever it is that she's trying to be cute you just see her you just see on the screen i'm being cute i'm being cute look uh-huh. how cute i am maybe maybe in the the big movies for Meg, which are the movies that I've seen most recently, sure. like When Harry Met Sally and Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail specifically, I don't see that. I haven't seen some Ugh. of these well, B or C tier Meg Ryan movies like French Kiss now. So This is still a huge budget film it doesn't make it doesn't make it okay it's it it is definitely what she's doing and when harry met sally Uh turned about twice as high but this is my point because i do actually like her when harry met sally but it is one of those things where i'm like that's the one we need that's the one put it right there and leave it right there don't do that again Mm. let's do something different now and yet they want her to come and do the same thing i don't know if it's her fault i really don't it's probably not entirely her fault Especially because the couple of times that she dared to break out of that. Well, she wasn't she very got, good, though. She got smacked down. And the cut is not very good. And the good. cut is excellent. Oh, boy. Oh, well, I disagree with this. Oh, it's not shit. very good. In the cut rules. Um, <sighs> I mean, I. No. I don't want to rewatch this. Anyway, I, my point is, is that you are not. Yeah, and it really doesn't. You're not going to like French Kiss. I, mean, I'm not I really watch don't French think that you're not, but I don't think you're going to like it. And and it it's one of those that I'm watching and I'm sitting here thinking the whole time for the two hours and twenty minutes or whatever really unnecessary runtime it is that I could give notes and I hate that feeling I hate the feeling of like this could go that could go like there's so many scenes that could be cut completely out and so many scenes that just need to be trimmed down and that really shouldn't it shouldn't be that way that's is, not the right is French Kiss right. legitimately two hours and twenty minutes I swear long. I go look on your phone right now you've got time. You got time because I'm still talking. So that's like longer than Raiders it's, of the Lost it, Ark. It really is. If it's not, it feels it. But I do remember being noticing the runtime as being really, really atrocious. So anyway, it's it's unpleasant. Um, this was directed by Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah, it's not good. I'm telling you, it's not good, Corey. Go watch it. If you like it, we're going to really have a fight. One hundred and eleven really, minutes. That's too fucking long. Well, that just makes the Raiders of the Lost Ark thing I just said all the more apropos. Lawrence Kasdan, co-writer of Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's yeah. a little Corey Craft factoid for you. Anyway, I watched that. I watched, obviously, I watched Breathless, as I mentioned. And I watched a really, another terrible film called Eiffel. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah, well, it's a French film. Mm. Um, French in quotes. And it is about, guess what? The, the architect behind the Eiffel Tower. And here's the problem. Uh-huh. Really interesting story. I'm really, I'm always, I'm always fascinated by the World's Fair. I went to one of the last World's Fairs when I was young. My parents took me to the one in New Orleans. Oh, I guess 84. Sick. And since then, I've just been obsessed with the concept of the whole thing and the fact that they're so passe. Anyway, um, I, there's so much there, but I would be so intrigued to have seen more about the story 
of you know the script yeah, itself yeah. should really reflect more about the all the drama that went on with the damn building of this thing but instead we're getting sex scene after sex scene love story love story don't fucking care it's wow. not good it's not good so yeah that's what i'm oh the first 20 minutes of an american werewolf in paris <laughs> i've never seen that oh it uh, i couldn't believe it because i actually remembered seeing this thing uh-huh. and when it came out what 96 or something sounds about something right like that I remember seeing it and being like, oh, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. Sure. But watching it now, it is so incredibly dated. Not just the, not just like the performances and the wardrobe and the casting and the all. I mean, I'm talking about the, the editing. Ooh. Like, it is so, so dated. So, for that reason, I am going to watch the rest of it because it's really fun in that way. But it is not good, but it has your girl in it. Which one? Julie Delphi. No way. Yeah. Oh, Julie. She's up there on the top of the Eiffel Tower being all French and threatening to jump. Couldn't meet Ethan Hawke at that train station or whatever that they were supposed to do at the end of Before Sunrise. But she can hang out with some American werewolves in Paris. Well, folks, I just don't know. Yep. Anyway, um, so as you can tell, not a whole lot of positive things to report to you today. Well, thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast. We're your own personal cinematic. I'm not done with her yet. Madonna and 50 Cent. Madonna just has problems with everybody. I mean, uh, apart from the time that she sent me those threatening letters, what what is it that 50 Cent could have possibly done to even be noticed by Madonna? You need to watch your mouth because this is all on 50 right Uh-oh. now. Okay. okay. So this is more recent. Okay. In 2021, she posted a photo of herself. Let's remember, this is COVID. Yes. This is the pandemic. Okay. She's laying in bed in fishnets and heels and a bra and uh, whatever. Uh, what have I said before? She's Madonna. Let Madonna do what she's going to do. Okay. But 50 Cent couldn't just let that go past. Uh-huh. He had to get on social media and post about it. Why? I don't know. But he, this was his statement. This is the funniest shit I've ever seen. That's Madonna under the bed trying to be like a virgin at 63. She shot out. If she didn't get her old ass up, LMFAO. Why even say this? Now, he's since deleted the post, but guess what? When you post something, people screenshot it. They do. They do. And so he did apologize. He should. And Madonna snapped back and said, what you should be apologizing for is your misogynistic, sexist, ageist behavior. I mean, she got his ass on that one. Yeah. No no question. That was all on him. Unfortunately, when she made this statement, she was using a filter that made herself look like an animated character. (laughs) 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 So... I like the words, Madge. I like the words. I'm not sure about the presentation here, but okay. You're Madonna. You do whatever the fuck you want. That's fantastic. Thank you to Batwell Studios. Uh, yeah, thank you to Batwell <laughs> Studios. <laughs> um, I should look like an animated character. Just envision that like a rabbit is saying this. Uh, uh, check us out online at SidewalkFest.com or at Sidewalk Film on social media. I don't know why I tried to do a voice halfway there. Uh, at Sidewalk Film, that is, on social media. That's where you can see what we're doing at the Sidewalk Cinema. We're showing movies at the cinema. You should get a ticket to come see one or many of them. And, of course, coming down the pipeline uh, in the, at the end of the summer is the 25th annual Sidewalk Film Festival. And, folks, that's 25 long years of Sidewalk, so we've got a lot of stuff in store for you this summer. So why don't you visit, again, SidewalkFest.com 
go ahead and bookmark it even. People still bookmark sites, right? Yeah, you do. Why you, wouldn't you? You know, bookmark it. And uh, social media again, Sidewalk Film on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening, and thanks to Splash 96 for our music. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.